Hello, good morning, good evening, and welcome to the Ratchet and Nails of Art Talk. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be chatting to a load of different artists who are practicing it in a load of different ways. Boom. <laughs> Do you think that's all right? In today's episode, we will be chatting to artist Jill McKnight, who's here to tell us more about her practice and answer some of our questions. We hope you enjoyed this episode and let's jump straight into it. I'm going to ask you some questions. I don't think anyone asked any uh, in that chat, did they? No, no. no. We've got plenty to go off there. <laughs> we had a few and then you did your talk and we were like, oh God, there's loads more we want to ask. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, the first thing we sort of need you to do is just give us an overview of yourself and your practice um, for people who didn't capture talk if that's all right you can only like just do it very yeah um well my name's Jill McKnight I'm an artist based in Leeds and I'm from Sunderland in the northeast of England originally I've been based in Leeds with a studio here for the last five years um, and I work sort of across a number of artistic disciplines, but primarily sculpture and writing. But there's also elements of drawing, um, installation, some sort of watercolour painting, animation and performance at times within there. So it's quite multidisciplinary. Um, and I'd say the main themes are sort of um thinking about labor and work quite a lot within practice um and also um thinking about different lineages so sort of where i fit within um lineages or histories of um feminism and working class heritage and also the history of art as well sort of where my practice fits within um, s- s- different sculptors and artists that have come before to sort of tell stories that would otherwise be overlooked as well and highlight them within my work. Yeah so you mentioned in the chat before that you did your undergraduate degree in London did you enjoy yeah. it? Um, it's yeah it, I feel like it's not as straightforward <laughs> yes or no really yeah like, um I enjoyed, I did enjoy the course. I was at Goldsmiths at University of London. And in particular, there was like a couple of tutors who were really supportive, but they, both of them actually were sort of from more of a craft background, like textiles and had ended up like when different courses had merged, like as lecturers on the fine art course. So they were really supportive, but I think a lot of the time, I sort of felt a bit lost maybe mm-hmm. or like trying to work out where my work fitted because a, sort of among students on the course um, there was like quite a big emphasis on like conceptual art yeah. Um, and yeah sort of in crits where like an object would just be shown and then there'd be like quite a theory heavy discussion around like a found object or something like that and I felt like my work was more to do with like hands-on making which wasn't happening as much on the course so I sort of at times like felt like I didn't really fit in but then maybe 
sort of that challenge or whatever was like quite productive in terms of what my practice became but I think like being in London in general was quite tough just because it's like really expensive to live and even though there's like lots going on like there's lots of galleries and museums even sort of getting the tube somewhere it can be like nearly a tenner straight away so it's sort of like you've got all these things like within grasp but you need money to do everything Um, and definitely after I graduated it became clear quite quickly that it was going to be difficult to like make art and be able to like survive like in terms of having to get an income so Mm. yeah so do you reckon that your practice benefited from moving back up north and even yourself yes definitely yeah it wasn't until I came back up north that I was like able to sort of concentrate on my practice in a way so it Mm -hmm. was like yeah like I'd sort of went from that time at university when um I was sort of doing bits of jobs here and there but I was like lucky at that time to be able to sort of survive on my student loan pretty much so I had like a lot of time in the studio and then I sort of went into working full time in London there were really long days Mm. even sort of my studio was like over an hour journey away that I had for a bit in London like practically it was just a bit difficult whereas when I came up north um I was lucky enough to get a job that was sort of like manageable hours alongside and around that I managed to get a studio like in the city centre of Leeds which was not far from where I was living so I could Mm. go there sort of all the time really and it just felt like there was like a sense of community among like northern artists I think like in terms of like the network of cities within the north to me I often think of it as a bit like London with all the tube stops like because in London you'd easily travel like an hour and a half to an exhibition and then back whereas like within that time you could get to like York Manchester Liverpool pretty much yeah like quite often I'd be finding myself going to like private views elsewhere um other cities in the north and you just get to know like the little groups and communities and artist-led spaces and studios and stuff so it's like a really nice community and definitely like through social media as well you can kind of keep track of what's happening Mm. and it is quite daunting like we just recently graduated so and we graduated in York never mind and we just had teacher and was like what on earth are we gonna do like you have to fund yourself you you just have to Um, and then we decided to do masters to give ourselves a bit more time yeah Mm. yeah no that's good yeah that's the thing I think yeah it's as much like the work of being an artist like working out where you want to be and sort of finding your community and your group of artists and where your work fits Mm, yeah (laughs) can't remember the next question so would you say like um sort of like Leeds Yorkshire art scene is like good then you know it's good for networking and whatnot yeah yeah Yeah. it's a really amazing place and like time to be an artist in Yorkshire yeah. Um, especially yeah sort of with the Yorkshire Sculpture International last year um, and there that's like a really amazing team of um, 
curators, practitioners who are sort of, um, yeah, like planning things for the future. So they're like working on the bid for the next Yorkshire Sculpture International at the moment and thinking about how to support artists across Yorkshire. Um, like over the last few months, so from June to September, I was part of the Yorkshire Sculpture International Sculpture Network, which was like an online network of artists. I think there was 23 of us. Um, and that was like artists based all over Yorkshire. And that was really nice because I think last year with the Yorkshire Sculpture International Festival, they sort of grounded it more within West Yorkshire because that's where the galleries were like in Leeds and Wakefield that they were working with. But I think they're definitely looking at branching it out further to all of Yorkshire and like thinking about how they can support the North like as a place that has like an amazing artistic heritage. I think like lots of the best British artists have like started off here in the North. Mm. Yeah, this is a bit off a tangent from like what that question was. It's just about Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Um, can we ask how you got that? How you got your exhibition there and like how you got involved? Because we did try and fortunately we got rejected. Find out a bit more. Yeah, oh, sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, I think, just trying to think back. So there was the open call. They sort of did like the call out for artists for the associate artist program as part of Yorkshire Sculpture International and um, yeah and I think I saw that and I wasn't sure like if I stood a chance of getting it because I think um yeah it did seem like quite a sort of big opportunity and I think you always have that a bit like um, submitting proposals or applications for everything where you're not really sure because like whether you stand a chance or not I suppose because the selectors always have like or have like a rough idea in mind you would think like I'm not speaking for Yorkshire Sculpture International by any means but I think there's that they perhaps any selector has like an idea of the level of like artists that they're looking for what they're looking for um but yeah, so I submitted an application for that. Like I didn't really know um, the Yorkshire Sculpture National team prior to that. Um, and definitely not anyone at Yorkshire Sculpture Park either. Or, but yeah, so it was just sort of submitting an application and then um, I was selected from that. But at a similar time, I sort of applied to be part of the Tetley program so they had like the Tetley Associate Artist program and I had an interview for that like not long before and I didn't get that um, and they chose like four of the artists so yeah it was sort of like I didn't get one but I got the other and I think it was probably just like a lucky point in my artistic practice because I'd just done that syllabus program which was supported by like a number of sort of established galleries like Wise and Arts and Eastside Projects, S1 in Sheffield, Spike Island, Studio Voltaire and Innova. So this network of galleries and that had really helped because I'd gone through like a nine month period with them of like talking about my practice and learning more about how like these organisations operated. So it was like a really big learning curve 
and I think like the more you talk and write about your practice the easier it becomes in a way it can be a challenge yeah <laughs> has there been like any major pushbacks for you or is it just being like hit and miss yeah like we all are five stuff don't get it well that's just sort of how it is is there any big, like any big ones where you think oh god I can't believe I didn't get that um trying to think um yeah I suppose yeah there's been like different open calls like for exhibition like exhibitions at different galleries and stuff I don't really want to name and shame but um <laughs> yeah just sort of where I've like hoped that the work will be right or that the application's right but you, it's just not um so yeah there is that's the thing I think like sort of if you speak to any artist and you'll know as well that like it's always like as much or if not more like rejection than being accepted like for stuff and I think often like opportunities just lead on from like a lucky break so it's just like I feel like with really like from hearing artist talks or whatever from really established artists it's sort of just like one lucky break like leads to another and it can be like a snowball so Mm -hmm. in a way it's like a bit unfair sometimes I think because it's like the more that you've done like exhibition wise or education wise or development wise like the more chance you've got of and getting more stuff whereas perhaps someone with less experience needs that more but I think it does just get easier the more that you do because you build up a bit of a like CV or name for yourself and Mm. sometimes it's just who you know in it yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's the thing and I think yeah it is true but I think even like you guys on your masters you're like part of a peer group that are gonna go on and are probably already at the moment like doing different shows or like projects online and all different things so like you are the people who are gonna go on to like be working with different institutes or be doing exhibitions so um it's a bit like what I said in the talk about how the artist Harold Offay like recommended me for the group show at South London Gallery so it's like kind of the more people you know and like as you develop and progress in your career like those opportunities become a bit easier. Mm. Could you name any artists that you find like influential to your practice because I don't know if you'll think this, but like when I was looking at your work in the talk before, I did think like there was one and I thought, oh, that's quite cool. Like, um, you like Phila de Barlow, sort of like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like Phila de Barlow. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw a really good, well, the show that she did at the Royal Academy of Arts like a couple of years ago, that was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, I do think she's amazing, sort of how she works with materials and like the huge scale that she works on as well. Sort of, Unreal, isn't it? I'd love to do that, but um, mm. yeah, yeah, so she's definitely one. Um, Louise Bourgeois, as well, is like an artist I really love, um, and sort of within her work, I think she. 
like approaches like making and materials in a really interesting way um, and there's often sort of like a playful side to a work like I think there's humor there but then it can be a bit sinister as well and um, a lot of it is very personal um, and she was really prolific as well I think that's one thing that I'd sort of love to be more like and I think a lot of successful artists like even sort of someone really mainstream like Picasso or Andy Warhol that just like the amount of work that they produce like over a lifetime I guess like over many years is like really inspiring so I think I just like to keep sort of making work for as long as possible um, and as much work as possible. Um, Mike Kelly as well as another artist that I love um, an American artist um, who was working in the 20th century I think he died sort of in the two th- late 2000s um, and he worked like across a lot of mediums as well so he had like sculpture and performance video he was like really multidisciplinary and his work is quite humorous as well um, quite fun um, and he's like really experimental I think and sort of anything goes in terms of trying out different materials and yeah he's like one of my favorite artists as well nice um so you were talking about humor just then do you think um humor is important in your practice sort of like with the was it the pop pop. yeah I loved that thank you I thought that was this yeah yeah I think it is important um I think that sometimes it's like quite subtle or like quite a dry humor but I think it's like quite an important um, device or like method for like challenging the seriousness of the art world, I suppose, like um, to be quite playful. Um, and I think like it comes through in like a number of ways, like as you said, the bob sort of just that like image of like a haircut is quite funny. Um, and as well like I think often sort of the materials that I use which don't really like they're not classic sculpture materials like plaster dipped in hessian I do quite a lot so it's quite makeshift um and often the colors as well so like the bob in some of the earlier sculptures that I showed are like painted with gloss white paint but I wanted them to sort of look like they could be um like a marble sculpture or like a plaster figure like sort of more traditional sculpture wise um but then I think I moved more towards like using brighter colors generally (coughs) or like using a bit of both I suppose so I think color as well it sort of goes against the grain of what's expected is like something that I like to do um, yeah, yeah, and I think it's just important to be having like fun with your work and be enjoying it. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, you make a lot of big work or have done over of your career. Um, we were just wondering where you saw it after exhibitions or before exhibitions, because we make a lot of large work and we have to skip a lot of it, sadly. Yeah. Um, or yeah. part with stuff when you have to chuck it out. Yeah, it is a challenge. I think 
it's like one of the challenges of sculpture like when I was sort of talking about that steel work that I made like flat pack yeah yeah. Um, that was something that I'd sort of been joking about before because I'd made like I'd been making a lot of sculptures that were sort of larger size like in one piece and then they'd be really difficult to store so I have thrown a lot of work away in a skip which is quite sad in a way um but like other works I've sort of re-shown so like kind of those expanding foam limbs that are in quite a few works like I've sort of adapted them or like painted them a different colour so originally they were purple and then they ended up green in the new bridge project show um in the work I made for Wise and Art Centre last year so the steel sculpture was among those then there was like a plaster sculpture well like plaster hessian and chicken wire of the writer and that was made in a few parts so it was easier to store and so that one some of it's in my studio and some of it's in the house (laughs) and the steel sculptures like flat in my garden (laughs) but um, my parents quite want it in their garden but they haven't actually seen it in person so I've sort of said it is quite big you know (laughs) I feel like I don't know it wasn't sort of made like it would be fine outside I think but then it'd need to be on like a solid platform otherwise it might just sink in grass I feel because it's really heavy. Um, <laughs> exactly. but, uh, it's cold in a garden though. Yeah yeah, yeah I think that has like a vision of growing plants around it which would be oh. quite but yeah it's always that thing because I think it's a bit of a judgment call as well like whether it's worth like whether you've got the space to store it, whether you want to pay for like a storage unit, um, like if you think that it's important enough to keep, I suppose, or that you'll show it again. Like I think in an ideal world, I'd like to keep everything, but a lot of things that, that I've thought that I could remake or that I would want to make a different version of, I've sort of just kept certain elements of them, um, but got rid of a lot. Yeah, and then a yeah, a couple of sculptures are like have been bought, so are in collections. But that's like, yeah, that's like that that <laughs> ideal scenario, I think. But yeah, just yeah. that often. <laughs> um. So we had a we've had like a little look on your website as well, and we noticed that you'd had a like a collaborative practice with is it Joshua Hart? Yeah. Uh, would we work together collaboratively so would you be able to tell us a little bit about what you did or yeah yeah um yeah um so Joshua Hart is my partner but another artist who has a studio at Surf Mm -hmm. and where I've got a studio so we've got a studio next door each other um and we did a show um in 2018 well it was sort of 2017 to 2018 it was over Christmas at Basement Arts Project in Leeds um, called Jill and Josh and their dead pets <laughs> like the most recent show we did and it was all about like pets that we'd had that are no lo- longer alive because we don't have any pets at the moment um, but yeah and it's like Basement Art Project is in like the basement of a house in Beeston in Leeds so it's like a project space in someone's home And it's like really cool because it's like an old fashioned terrace house basement. It's quite like spooky, I suppose, in a way. And it's this idea of like it being a family home and there's like a family that lives there above. 
So we thought it was like an ideal space for um, this show about like pets. So there was like sculpture and writing. Joshua like did some um, painting like on a big bit of tarpaulin that was on the wall and then sort of there was like drawings in chalk like on the ground because it was like a stone floor as well um but yeah that was a good show and we did a show called one million years bc um at crown studios in liverpool um and that was again it had sculptural elements but the main central part was like a video that we made together so like joshua works a lot in film like more than i do um even though strange like i really do love film and video work but it's just something that like it's more challenging for me and so it was really good to work with him on that Mm. Um, but yeah and we've done sort of publications and things like that together publications are quite a big part of his practice so it sort of like overlaps like quite often but we haven't done like a show more recently than in 2018 but yeah I think like that's sort of a more formal type of collaboration but then I think like informal collaboration is like really important as well and sort of like being in a studio with a lot of other artists and even like the conversations you have or like a lot of shows or like projects that I've done have been through conversations with like artists and friends basically so like the Twitch broadcast that I did over lockdown um, for Maiden Roth, that was curated by Freya Dooley and Sam Hasler. And Freya's like a friend of mine who knows mm. my practice quite well. And we've had a lot of conversations about work over the years. So I think even those sort of discussions are like really important. And my work like definitely couldn't exist like if it was just sort of me without having like that community. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, do you think that um, your practice has changed since graduating and meeting new people, other artists, being in different studios? Like, has it changed a lot or has it had like a positive impact on, on your practice? Yeah, definitely. I think like sort of with every opportunity or like studio space I've been in, like everyone's been really supportive and like I've felt that I can try more and more things. Whereas I think, like, from doing my BA, I had, like, maybe a narrower view or I was a bit more scared about trying things out. And then sort of, yeah, because, like, writing is, like, as much an element of my practice now as sculpture, but writing sort of wasn't really there at all, like, when I graduated. So it's sort of just since then that I've started writing and I would have never have thought of myself as like a writer or someone who could write before so it's like only by like trial and error really with having opportunities to show it like different artists led spaces and stuff like that and speaking to other peers that it's developed. Do you think we have time for one more question Grace? Yeah yeah definitely. Um, I'll go further. Do you have any upcoming shows that you want anyone to know about? Um, Well, I think I've got like a couple of things that are coming up, but it's like sort of still working out dates and things like that um, because they've kind of been postponed from this year. But one thing that should be happening 
um, next year is like an exhibition at the art house in Wakefield. Mm. But that still needs an exact date. But definitely 2021, maybe May. But um, oh. yeah, if that's quite soon. Keep an eye out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but that's sort of like a month long residency, and then there'll be an exhibition at oh, the end. Cool. That's really cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Yeah. good to meet you. Yeah, Yeah. good to meet you. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to see your work as well. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think we've just, we've followed you on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Check it out there. Yeah, thanks so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Uh, Bye. Bye. Bye.